Don't let your past define you, destroy you, or defeat you. Let it strengthen you and grow you. Hmm. I'm not sure who wrote that, but that meant so much to me when I came across that because I used to think, you know, the past will not let me ever get too far. Welcome back to episode number one one. It's like we're starting over again back at episode one, but it's episode 11. Uh, we are super excited to have Chris Kaufman joining us again. Um, he was uh, one of our most popular episodes so far, and uh, we just kind of felt like we had some unfinished business with Chris, uh, so we're really excited. I've been looking forward to this uh, since the last time we talked to him. Um, but we just want to dive into a little bit more into his past. And, uh, he has this incredibly powerful story of just kind of overcoming, um, some things in his past, uh, to mm-hmm. become who he is today. And so we just wanted to see if we could dig into that a little bit. Um, I just lost my place. I had my pages backwards. Um, all right. With that being said, are you guys ready? to go vertical higher than ever before chris right yes sir let's Let's do it well with that being said uh let's get quickly to our episode sponsor uh, which is again nsj digital Uh, they work with commercial roofing companies to make sure they are standing out and getting found online they can help you to become more profitable and free up time by managing your digital marketing Check them out at nsjdigital.com. And with that obligatory self-promotion, I'm going to pitch it over to Warren for our tip of the week. All right. Tip of the week is don't ever be scared to ask for help. Never. It is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. If you have a question, find somebody that you look up to, somebody that has knowledge in that field and ask them the question. It is a the tip of the week is asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. Great. Great. Is, great. Yep. That's a great tip. Um, all right. Let's uh, jump in, Chris. Thank you for making time to join us again. Um, we're the real truth is everybody you. else we asked to come on just said no. So we're just going back yep. through everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Nick and Warren. Appreciate it. Yeah. We had great feedback. We had great feedback, especially about the ice cream story. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my brother Michael listened to that story, and he was telling me about it last weekend when we were together. And he's like, man, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So if you I haven't was- heard the ice cream story, you're going to have to go back to, I don't know which episode Chris Episode was on. four, I believe. You're going to have to listen yep. to Chris's story. Go check it out. It's so if good. you haven't listened to that episode, it might make more sense to go back right now and listen to that episode and then come listen to this one. I don't know, Nick, if that makes sense or not, but um, Chris had a more, little more of an introduction episode that time around. So. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, we learned uh, Chris is uh, from, uh, if you did miss it, from KIE, um, what is Coding. it? KIE, K- yeah, KIE, KIE Codings. Codings. 
and then uh, KIE um, or Kaufman interiors and exteriors. And um, what was the property one called again? KIE properties. KIE properties. Okay, yep. gotcha. So and yeah, KIE stands for Kaufman Interior Exteriors, right? The initials of it. Yep. 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 That's yep. so we, everything's kind of tied together a little bit. So. Yeah. Awesome. So he's doing cool things up there in uh, uh, sort of northern Wisconsin, right on the edge of northern Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so let's just dive into it, Chris, if you don't mind, because um, you have, you know, just a really cool, well, not necessarily cool, but just a really powerful story um, of just going through some stuff and then just the kind of the redemption and um, overcoming it. So you grew up, I think you mentioned the last episode, you grew up Amish until how, how old were you when you guys left? I was 14. Okay. So the first 14 years of your life, you were Amish. Um, so what, what was that like in, in your so, community? So uh, before I'm going to get in it too deep, I'm going to share a little quote that I found in my notes from a few years ago when I first started sharing my story. Hmm. You guys might have heard this one before. It says, don't let your past define you, destroy you, or defeat you. Let it strengthen you. Wow. I'm not sure who had wrote that, but I found it in my notes mm -hmm. a few years ago when I started sharing my story because I figured out the more I share it, the easier it is to share it, and uh, it helps you grow through it. So I'm sure there's other people that have similar uh, stories maybe from the background I came from, but I just wanted to share that before I go in it. So uh, I was born in Marlette, Michigan, down kind of up in the thumb area, and there's where my mom and dad got married, and at the age of five, at actually the age of six is when I started going to school. And I would walk across a pasture. It was about a mile to school. And that's kind of where my story started. Uh, when I started going to school, uh, I was a little bit one of those kids that was, uh, I had a hard time learning, uh, reading. I struggled with reading understanding i needed to be told more than once to make sense and i kind of got start it started with gotten uh they call it the amish uh where i come from they call it making fun of i think the day's world it might actually be named bully getting bullied but i started getting made fun of didn't think too much of it at first uh, they would just, you know, when it was recess time, I was usually all alone somewhere because the other kids didn't want to hang out. Everybody had their own groups, kind of. So, and then, uh, and then it got kind of led into uh, getting molested a little bit. I won't go too deep on that one. And then it got turned into where uh, some of the eighth grade boys would actually try to like run me over when I would walk home with their horse and buggy. Jeez. Uh, just wow. some crazy Brutal. Things. Yeah, I would actually have to run off the road in a hayfield because they would try to run me over. Wow. Uh, it, it, it got pretty bad. And then uh, that was in Michigan. And then where it really got bad, I started getting punished 
for things I haven't done. So kids that didn't like me would lie to the teacher and actually get her to punish me for things they did. Hmm. And I'll tell you, as a kid, it was not easy at that time. And at the time, I didn't think a lot of it. But later years, it really it I, I didn't realize what it did to me till about four to five years later. But that's kind of how it started. And 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 the thing is, my parents would look out for me, do everything they can. But they also weren't. They were looked down on. So anything my dad would bring up, they would say, you're just sticking up for your kid. And it would just get rejected at the school board meeting. And one of my friends one time, so the school was next to next to one of my friends, uh, my cousin's uh, farm. Anyways, and we were playing in the hay mall and he started lighting some matches and stuff. Well, anyways, later it got brought up in the school board meeting that Chris tried to burn their barn down. Mm. Anyways, and it got got pretty heated and my dad wasn't very happy about it and i told my dad that was not me i said i never played with the matches i said it was my friend that did it anyways and dad said well are you sure i said yeah let's go to his place right now i said and i want to talk to my friend that did it which actually was my cousin i said my cousin that did it and i said let's talk to him i said i i know it was him so I went down there and uh, long story short, we had a meeting with him, and yeah, uh, it was him, and his dad punished him for it. But they never would bring that up to school to make it right. Hmm. Ever to this day, many people thought I'm the one that tried to burn their barn down. So just things like that. It started out, and then in Illinois, we moved to Illinois. There, I went to school, and first year or two was decent and then same thing just my dad became a deacon and everybody started hating on him and it just started i mean it just started going down down the tube from that i i just i literally cheated my way through school i would find a friend to find the answers because the teachers wouldn't take time to explain it hmm. anyways long story short i finally got finally made it to eighth grade and and graduated and anyways so i didn't know a lot when i got out of school but i felt like i got out of prison when i got out of school. <laughs> and <laughs> chris I, there was some uh wouldn't you say like your teachers i've heard you talk which we've talked about this a lot but your teachers and the way they made you feel like didn't they kind of verbally abuse you too as far as like talking down at you and like kind of just making comments like you're not going to mount anything. Wasn't there some verbal abuse you would say from your teachers? Yeah. Yes, there was. So my, my, uh, one year my dad taught was the teacher. That was the best year I ever had because he actually looked out for us. Uh, that was in third grade. My dad was the teacher, but yeah, seventh and eighth grade teachers were so bad that, the day I graduated, that teacher told me, you're never going to amount to absolutely nothing. That's what she told wow. me. And yeah, I had I had another teacher in seventh grade. He hated me so bad that if I was sitting at the desk with the desk lid open, he would come through 
and literally take his fists and pound the lid down as hard as he could, no matter if I had my hands or head in there or whatever. But yeah, just wow. very verbal, brutal abuse. They hated us. So uh, that did a lot of damage to me and took a lot of time to get over it. But mm-hmm. later in my story, you'll see what I mean. But that was kind of my school years. I don't really have much good memories from that, but I'm thankful the day my kids are being homeschooled and uh, getting the care they need. But yeah, that's. So I guess just for a little bit of context, um, I know we have probably have a lot of listeners who have come out of the Amish community, but for those who um, aren't or aren't familiar with it, um, I know, you know, from the little bit I've learned from being around you guys is, is, you know, there's, a, there's definitely some, some good communities that are really positive and healthy, but there's also some that are not and have some, some darkness and maybe you'd even say evil in it. And I know you are part of some of those communities and, and I think maybe you can explain a little bit what it's like. I mean, there's, there's kind of a, is it an elder or a deacon who kind of has the say, the final say within the community or, or a couple of them. And if you're on, if you're on their bad side, then there's kind of nothing you can do, right? Because if they don't want to side with you, then then you're screwed pretty much is that. I mean, can you kind of, because there, right. there's nothing you could do, you know, if the teacher didn't like you, it's not like, like in, uh, you know, maybe a, a regular school where there's kind of a chain of command you can go up to, because if you're on the wrong side of the deacon, I don't know if, yeah, if you can kind of maybe explain what it's like in the Amish community a little bit. Yeah, so each Amish community is a little bit different. Where we come from, it was Warren, you would probably, I'm guessing you probably come from pretty much the same level. But it was Bishop was the most highest powered man in the church. And then we, I know the German word for it, but there was two middle ministers. If I, I know the German name, but I'm not sure what the actual, do you know it, Warren, or not? No, I don't. But we call them the middle ministers. That's the actual name we used in the homage. And then it was the deacon. He was the guy. That's what my dad was. He was the guy that would go approach you if you weren't up to date on the church rules, if you were being the bad guy. So, yeah, there was people that were very close to the bishop. They could do whatever they want and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, they could get away with it. But you guys were kind of on the outside. so Right. You could talk to him, but nothing would get done. Correct. Yep. That's yeah. how. And we you have it. to, you have to realize most Amish schools are there's not a hundred pupils there. You know, you might have two to three kids in each grade. You know, I would say a big Amish school has 40, 40 students. Um, right. So it's a totally different environment. It's like the old one room schoolhouses that everybody went to 70, 80 years ago. That's really where it's stuck at. And Is it one so, teacher for the whole school? Maybe a couple. Um, Where I went to school, there was two. There was like an upper and a lower class, um, like a first through fourth grade and then fifth through eighth grade. But so it's it's very close. It's almost like a family. Um, Mm -hmm. But that can be bad, too. Yeah. So, so Chris, that's that's so interesting. And I'm I'm excited to hear. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. uh, Nick has some questions for you, but I'd be curious to ask you when when did you decide that you wanted to change or that you could change or how on earth did you ever take your way out of this hole? Because 
I also attended an Amish school till I was 10 years old. And then I attended another private school, but I honestly have a lot of fond memories. And, and I know not everybody had your experience, but there was other areas of my life that I definitely had a struggle. It's interesting to share this because people might look at you today and see you as somebody who's extremely successful, which you are, but they think they could never be that guy. They could never be that successful guy. And I'm sure that's going to be the moral of this episode is you might be listening to this and think you have the deepest, darkest path and you have the most abusive path past. Um, and you can never get out of that. So I'm sure our listeners, there's a few that have a past like that. And, and there, I'm sure some of them are still in that and they would like to know how to get out. And, and it'd be, I know, you know, Nick has some questions for you, but I, I got to hear when and how this, how did your mindset start to change or did it just happen? And now you're looking back and uh, I just love to hear all that. Yeah. So, uh, so trying to think here. Uh, so, yeah, I made it out of the eighth grade school. This kind of fine. I'll kind of go a little bit year by year. Uh, but anyway, so I made it out of the eighth grade school to start working on my farm with my dad. And that was that was really a nice stepping stone for me. I felt kind of free. My dad gave me opportunities to be responsible. I didn't think I could do that. Maybe taking care of the uh the animals or he would leave for the day so then uh then age creeped on i worked on the farm for a few years but didn't really work with my past issues you know just kind of hid them under the rug for now and didn't think mm -hmm. i really will ever have to deal with him and then the age uh 15 and 16 same way still lived at home with worked on the different farms and i think at 17 i got my first job that was a big stepping stone. I thought, oh, wow, I would always be like, wow, I can actually do this because what happened, the things I went to put me in a box and I didn't think I'll ever be able to like really get out of it. But at the same time, I didn't even really know I was in it till I ran up against some things. So that worked for a Christian farm. That was very uplifting. They were a big help to me at the age of eight. 18, 19 in there. I think it was around 17 when <clears throat> I got saved. And then uh, so I got over things, but still had consequences to deal with. And then uh, it was age 18, 19. I started uh, working on some jobs, different jobs. And I didn't know the whole problem was I didn't know what I want. And then the other thing is, if one of my brothers would do something amazing, I would be always like, hey, you know, that's good. They, they can do that, but I could never do that. So automatically. No confidence. Yep, no confidence. confidence. Yep. Automatically, I had a wall always that would be like, yep, I'll never be able to do that. I can't go anywhere. Uh, then, uh, then it was around the age of 20 to 23. I worked on a really nice farm, but just worked my life away. Never had any money. Worked. Everything I had left in a year went to taxes. And one day working on the farm, I thought, well, how am I ever going to raise a family with $10 an hour? I, I'm like, I work all the time, have no time. How am I going to do this? Anyways, and then I'm like, uh, so then I told the guy I'm going to quit and I'm going to go do my dream job. That was be a truck driver. Well, I went to CDL school and halfway through class halfway through the classes they said i need to get my permit and i failed the eye tests mm. and then mm. 
Then I went to see a laser doctor and he said, I can't get your eyes any better than what glass is doing. Glasses could not get my one eye to the vision they needed. So I lost $3,000 there and they, they oh kept my it. God. Built that. And so I was kind of getting down on myself and one day home on the internet. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just work from home. I'm going to sign up on an internet business. <laughs> so I started Good Googling. plan. Yep. Start Googling businesses work from home on the computer and found this one deal. I don't remember the name of it. And they said, we need a hundred dollar deposit to get started. And next thing you know, I was using my credit card two days later somewhere and it kept saying it's declining. So I called in and they said, my balance is $10,000. The company <laughs> scammed me $10,000. $10, so now, now I'm getting, now I'm trying to get, uh, a lawyer involved trying to get my money back and actually pretty thankful but I actually managed to get my money back wow uh, my local bank helped me out and anyways after that I really got down and I'm like how am I ever gonna amount to anything because I was feeling pretty down and out I'm like I'm almost 23 years old didn't have a girlfriend yet didn't have a family. I'm like, what am I going to do? I got nothing. Anyways, and I really started get, just thinking one day. And and then when I was thinking there sitting on my chair, a lot of things come back to mind that I went through as a kid. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm like, I have to break free from the past to change. Mm. Like, I had, forgiven, I had forgiven people. I don't have hold anybody against I don't hold anything against anybody, but it was like I had these borders around myself that I can't do anything, you know. So mm -hmm. after praying and reading and stuff, and I finally like, okay, I got to get over this fence. And then I was working for my dad and he asked me to take his business over. And I remember coming home to my wife and I said, Boy, I don't. I said I know how to work, but I. I said I don't know if I. I don't know what I'm doing as far as running numbers and. And how old were you at this point? I would have been uh, 24. Okay. Yep, 24 years old, and I told my wife, "I said, man, I don't. I don't know." And then my dad said, "Well, you you do everything the business needs except write out the checks." And I said, "Well, you know what? Let's do it," and that. And so I remember, I'll remember it like yesterday, my first job I ever did. I did it. We did the job. The customer was happy and he paid me and I had a little money left. And I thought, unbelievable. I just pleased somebody <laughs> that didn't complain. And I did it by myself. I come home that night. I felt like I was flying above a cloud. Now in the wow. days, most young guys probably wouldn't, I don't know if they would even think much about that. It could be guys that have never had their own business, but I just, I could not believe it. I remember it took me almost two weeks to get over that, that I was able to actually please somebody. Wow. Because and, your whole childhood, you felt oh, like you, know, you were never good enough for anybody. Right. Yep. And it just, it destroyed me. Like I had, my mm -hmm. confidence was so low. It was unbelievable. Looking back, I can't even believe where I was. Hmm. And anyways, so that that gave me stepping stones. And I then and then two years later we joined Conklin. And then when I went start going to some of the meetings 
and where I would like sit through like investing in yourself, building up your confidence and the line goes on and then meeting people that were so positive and guys were so uplifting other business owners. And that's when things just completely blew up. Like just my level just kept going and going. And then probably the biggest icebreaker of them all was, is probably going out and spending the weekend with Charles, mm. you know, telling him some of my financial situation. And he'd be like, there's no reason you can't do that. He said, you, he said, you, you know what you're doing. He said, you, he just completely blew my confidence level out of, out of, and he believed him. in you. He right. Believed he your believed ability in me. Like and, had. Yeah. And that yeah. just, I come home and I just, I was so confident I can make it work, but Every time I bought, like in the last few years, if I go buy a piece of equipment, when I would buy it, I would come home that night and be like, oh, I hope I did the right thing because I was so scared I maybe shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, how powerful it is when we believe in people who don't believe in themselves, like sincerely believe in somebody more than they believe in themselves, which is sometimes hard to do because – they, they, they see themselves as somebody who's maybe too young or not educated enough or doesn't have the ability, but we're like, Hey man, you can do this. And like, it's a huge challenge rather than tearing somebody apart or mm -hmm. picking them apart with everything they do, like hitting them on the back and saying, you can do this. It's amazing how many people, especially from like a cultural background, like you have Chris who have never had that happen. They might be 20 years old and never once in their life. Did somebody pat him on the back, say, you got this, you're awesome, you're going to make a big difference. Like, it just doesn't happen. And it's really cool that you had those breakthroughs when that first customer said, thank you, Chris, awesome job. Like, that was a big breakthrough. Yeah. And that's right. every week. But still, I bet every time it helps you gain a little bit more confidence in yourself. So that is so cool. Right. I love that. Yep. So... I think you touched on this a little bit, but those those experiences and those voices that you heard constantly as a kid, you know, tearing you down um, and, you know, people literally trying to <laughs> physically tear you down. Um, how how long did that did those stay in your head, even if you didn't realize it? I mean, are they still do they still come up even to this day sometimes? Or, uh, I would say in the last two years, I've had really almost nothing. Uh, up till then, yeah, I still got him. I just was able to completely defeat him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, I would say the last two years, I've had the most clearest mind and the most wow. confidence in myself. Like I can look at something, and be like, you know what? I can buy that. For an example, I'll. I'll this is not bragging or anything, but. I found this house 11 months ago and I told my wife, I said, I can buy that house. I can do about 20 grand worth of work and I can sell that house and I can clear about 60 grand without thinking on that place. You would have, if you asked my wife, she would have said, I have never heard the words out of that. I used to never say that. I'd be like, well, I don't know. Are we going to be able to make anything or, and we're blessed to say we signed the papers the other days and the numbers are almost exact to what I said it is because wow. I did what I wanted to. I did what I thought's going to need it to be done. 
I told the realtor, this is what I need. And it took a little time to sell it. And he sold the place for me. And I used to years ago, I wouldn't even know what that would have been. It was all maybe, I'm not sure. I don't know. And the way you can tell somebody's confidence level is ask them a question. If you tell them, how are you? How have you been doing for this is a very simple i watch this very closely but say warren you would walk up to me or i would go to you and i'd say hey warren how are you doing you would say oh you know it's going pretty good or i've even heard this i ask them a question they'll be like uh i don't i don't know okay that right there tells me it's either yes or no or very straightforward and if people don't do that you can tell there's really a lack of belief and confidence they're struggling with something mm-hmm. you know so there's i i watch that very closely and i see it all the time i can just from where i come from i can be like hey that guy he does not believe in himself for nothing hmm. and that's we were not successful in hardly anything till that change and i can tell you once you do that you're wise you learn and the big key is just learn and take everything in just sit there like and that's why i love cbs i go there i'm like there's more things i can learn and when people believe in you you just come home and you just want another two steps on your stairway and it's just it's huge it's just being able to believe in yourself how can you help people if you don't even believe in yourself mm-hmm. you know you that's can. you yeah. can't and too many years i walked the same path did the same thing and i thought things were going to change it doesn't work you can't walk the same path every day and do the same things and be like well someday it's going to change yeah wow how how hard was it to break because you talked about you were living like in a box or behind a wall how hard was it to fully break out of that box and not because I'm sure when you were kind of going through this process and and realizing that you were stuck in it and getting yourself out of it sure it was hard to get out of it and then I'm sure it was kind of calling you like it was would have been really easy to slip back into it if you didn't keep pushing forward so what was it like breaking out of that boy I boy at times I think it almost felt like Oh, let's see. It almost felt like there was chains hanging on my feet and you're trying mm-hmm. to go up a ladder or something. Uh, it wow. took me about five years, I would say, to completely get out of it. And, you know, and there's times I thought I'm out of it. And then I'd be like, oh, man, I would feel it again. And it was so bad. It got so bad in believing in myself. This sounds terrible, but on Saturday, on Sunday nights, when I go to bed, I was so nervous and so emotional that I could hardly sleep because I was scared of what could go wrong or what's going to happen to me on Monday morning. It was Mm. that bad. And I would literally get scared. Mm. It affected me for years. Like I would get really nervous on Sunday nights, even though it was just a normal day planned out on Monday. Now, Sunday nights, I'm I'm fired up. I'm excited. I want to get, I text the homeowner just letting you know we'll be there tomorrow. I'm loading stuff. I'm excited. You know, I want to get things ready. It's just a whole different 
view. And if you never went through it, it might be a little hard to understand. But your your mind is in prison when it does that, and it it hurts you really bad. It's you're only you're only as good as your mind is gonna you know tell you you are. So it's very important to have a clear clear mind because your mind can literally take you down. There's people. Yeah. There's people in the grave today because their mind deceived themselves. Yep. Yep. And it's scary. It's nothing I ever want to go back to. And it's, if I can help anybody with it, I will because it's scary. I can now share it. It's much easier. At first, it was very hard. But now, the more you share your past, the easier, the lighter the load gets. You know, it's just absolutely, yeah. Breaks. It's, it's, you're just breaking more barriers when you share it. And, I share it in Conklin. I share it in my church. I don't care where it is. I share it with my customers. I've had customers, Warren and Nick, I've had customers that I've never met before. The first meeting with them after talking business and sharing my story. Now, I don't just say here, I'll share my story. It leads on to be like, hey, where Mm -hmm. are you from? And then I've had customers literally cry in front of me. That I've never met after three hours of talking. Wow. Yep, because what happens is if you're willing to share, they're like, hey, so tell me where you're from. And then, uh, you know, what did you experience? And if they like it, they keep asking if I keep sharing. Yeah, I've had uh, not mostly not men. A lot of times it's their wives that get really emotional. And I've had customer I've never met before hug me. Because they've had no idea. So if I wasn't willing to share, think of what we'd have missed out on. They yep. were moved by it. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I will never quit sharing my story as long as I live because uh it's something I'm not proud of, but it's something I am am very grateful I heal from. And if I can help other people with it, I will. Hmm. And that's interesting. You said you'll never stop sharing your story. You know, we were taught by Charles our sales mentor, our business mentor, he always says facts tell and stories sell. And I think, you know, no matter what your story is, just be authentic and mm-hmm. share your story. Um, like, like Chris said, you don't start out the sales pitch by sharing your story, but sometimes we get so wrapped up in all the technical things. I think it's as easy as just, you know, having real conversations with people, deep conversations with people, and they'll ask questions mm-hmm. and not faking it, but being real. And, um, you know, if you get a chance, share that story, and it it's a selling tool. You don't intentionally do it just to sell, but it, it does connect with people and gets them to trust you. It's awesome. Correct. Very, very good. Very, very well said there, Warren. For an example, the other day, Nick, you got to tell me if I get too long. Here, uh, the other Episode day, so three with Chris Kaufman. Yeah. Coming up yeah. The other, the other day, I was at this church, and. Uh, monster church over a thousand people go to and they had hail damage and I went in there and and the maintenance manager was sitting at the table and I sat down there beside him and he said uh okay we'll be going up on the roof soon here you want a cup of coffee or something oh yeah absolutely he said he said you might not think much of it but he said you're number five roofing guy to come through and he said you're the first one that accepted a cup of coffee Hmm. He said the rest wow. of guys, he said the rest of guys no we got to get going let's take a look and we got to get going and it meant so much to him that I just yeah absolutely yeah I had stuff going but 
people love when you just take yeah. a little time for them. It's like, mm. it just, yeah, I'll tell you this, the coffee wasn't even that good, but you know what? <laughs> I drank it anyways because it meant a lot to him. Yeah. <laughs> Chris has stories when he started the sales pitch and the guy wasn't super interested. And by the end of the coffee pot, they drank a whole pot. And there was a oh, yeah. Yeah. down payment laying there. That's, that's the truth right there. That's you can, you can get paid to drink coffee. That might be the title for this episode. Either drink the bad coffee or you can get paid to drink coffee. <laughs> Those are both winners there. Oh, man. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that you said, because you you got out of school when you were 14. Correct. And then you really kind of had this epiphany or self-awareness of, of how much those experiences and those things you had seen and had been done to you and said to you had hurt you in school. You didn't have that till you were 23, you said. Right. So almost 10 years later before you even realized the full impact of what you had been through. And then you said another five years of breaking out of that box and losing those chains that were holding you back. So it, it was a long process. I mean, it was longer to get out of it than it was to get into it. Correct. So what would you say to somebody who has maybe been through, maybe not exactly what you've been through, but but some kind of experience in their past that has them not thinking well of themselves, thinking they can never be enough, they can never make it, they can never amount to anything. What do you say to them if maybe they're one in the stage of, of maybe they don't even fully realize the impact of of what that those things meant to them or, or how much it's holding them back. And then two, what would you just say to someone who maybe has realized it and is trying to break out of that box? So that is a great question. I would say from what I went through, the number one thing you have to do is start telling someone or sharing with someone. Hmm. I don't care if you would have to get up in front of the church and cry and share. You will be a different person when you do it. Mm -hmm. If there's a few people I know that are not willing to share and they struggle in a lot of areas, once you get it out, it's out. And then people want to support you, pray for you, mm -hmm. do whatever. But I would say from my experience, the number one thing is share your story. Number two would be hang out with people that believe in you. Get mm -hmm. some encouragement, read some books, share it often. I mean, that's from, I would say from everything I've learned, that would probably be the top two things that help me get through it is just, I mean, Warren will tell you, I've, I've got very emotional in business meetings. Mm -hmm. People aren't really supposed to get emotional in business meetings. And I'll tell you this. I have, I was, I was, you know, it was hard on me to do that, but people appreciate your honesty. When you're emotional and share your story, they know you are serious about it. And Warren could tell you too, we've seen many people touched by just being honest and sharing your story. And Nick, you might've even been at a couple of those mm -hmm. yep. inner meetings and stuff, but it means a lot to people when you do that, but most people can't come to themselves and just being able to 
humble themselves maybe and share this story because our pride kind of, <laughs> you know, mm. I used to think, well, man, if I share this story, what are people going to think of me? It's I'm over that. I don't care what people think of me. It's if you don't like it, move on. I'm sharing it because of what I've learned and I'm hoping it helps somebody. And I will say the first time I shared it at one of the dinner meetings where there was some very high-end business people there, I was blowing away how humble them people were and how mm. they were. So that was a big breaker. And I came home and I'm like, I want to share it with the church. And I did ever since I've never stopped. So mm. you, the thing is what it doesn't just make a big impact on you. It also helps other people. So and that same night, there was people who opened up that I don't think had ever shared before in their life about their past. Because when Chris shared they had the courage because see we we get tricked into thinking we're the only person mm-hmm. no matter what we're struggling yeah. with we get tricked in our mind that don't tell anybody it's that sign of weakness it's interesting because it goes with the tip of the week mm-hmm. we get tricked into thinking well i'm the only one that struggled with abuse when i was in school i'm the only one that was bullied i'm pretty sure everybody else here had a perfect childhood and so we talk ourselves out of opening up and I think that is extremely dangerous place to be. Um, but one thing I thought about was we have people in our industry. We talk, didn't talk a lot about roofing, but we talked about going vertical this podcast. But people in the roofing industry that are so sold on certain trainers or certain, you know, going to certain conferences or doing a certain sales technique and being a closer or whatever it is. And I think Chris could have went to every sales, sales training, quote unquote, sales training in the world. And until he dealt with his personal stuff, they would not have helped him become a closer, helped him become the successful man he is today. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening and maybe you're struggling in sales, maybe take some time, you know, this weekend or this evening and just seriously sit down and think about your past and make sure you're being honest with yourself and then open up to a friend, you know, take a friend for a drive or take him to dinner or somewhere private and just, just open up and, and I know you're going to have breakthroughs if you do that, because if you're struggling with something personally and you're trying to just cover all that up in business, man, it'll hold you back big time. So that is correct. I would definitely say, Chris, you're starting to see a change in the success, your financial success and in your business once you change your personal life. And, correct. you know, we all kind of believe that it's a pretty popular philosophy. You got to work on yourself if your business will never outgrow you. But I think sometimes we overlook what that really means. So this has been, this has been huge. This is this is awesome. Yeah, and I always I always say for an example, you have a beautiful blacktop road, that's your future. You have a a mud road right beside it. You're driving down the blacktop road. I think this is what happens a lot of people during the week. They're they're driving down the blacktop road. They're, they're attending business events. They're all cleaned up. They're all happy. When they leave their business world, they run off into the mud hole for the weekend with their not-so-good friends. And then once Monday or their business event comes back up, the clean people, they come back out on the blacktop road, but they expect to be no mud there and no issues. Hmm. And I think that's where I think, Warren, what you're saying is you can't expect a really successful life 
and everything to go great when you're living another life when they're not around. It just mm-hmm. it, it affects it. So you can clean up your personal life. That will help huge in your business life. It doesn't work to live two lives. It catches up with you. Your road gets muddied. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I was listening to a podcast the other day and a guy was talking and, and he had had kind of a rough childhood as well and was sharing his experiences and <clears throat> how he became a successful businessman. And one thing he said that that really stood out to me was that um, suffering is your greatest mentor and that everybody's got to go through the wilderness. Like if you ever want to be successful, you've got to go through the wilderness. And so I'm listening to your story and that kind of thinking about that, about like, you know, your, your upbringing and then dealing with it. The after effects of that was kind of like your suffering and like your wilderness. So this is maybe a little bit of a counterintuitive question, but is there anything that you learned from going through that, that now maybe you're grateful for, or that like, even though that was a really negative experience, there's positive things that have come out from you going through that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I would say probably the biggest impact it's going to help me is if I had all, you know, I've had in the last couple of years, some friends come up, share some things that they've been going through. It's going to help me look at them at a whole different way. I'm going to be doing everything I can to believe in them, to do what I can. Uh, and the other thing is, no matter if, if for me, if, if I know somebody was a little slow learner, actually talking about that, one of my boys is my oldest son, Kyle, is very, very hard learner. And it's, I see myself in him. I really do. He, he struggles with learning, reading. But then in other areas, he's unbelievable smart. He can go out. He can turn his gas on his four-wheeler. He can do his own oil change. He can start it. He knows where the battery cables are. And if I can't find the tool, he knows where the tool are. Hmm. And How old is he? He's seven. Wow. And he's so smart in them things, but he struggles with school. And I am always remind myself, I was at that point. We need to take extra. My wife said many times she tells him three, four times till he catches it. So it just makes me appreciate. Don't chew a kid out like that. Don't look down on him. Give him the care he needs. Just because you do that doesn't mean you won't go anywhere in life. And I used Mm -hmm. to think that. I just thought you're bad in school. You'll never amount to nothing. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I know many, many people that struggle in school. And today they're multimillionaires. They are way above the people that went to college. Hmm. So mm-hmm. it is. it just helps me look at life so much different. I learned through that. The other thing is I learned, you could ask my wife, I have no problem forgiving people. I just mm-hmm. I forgive and forget instantly. It does mm-hmm. not bother me. I just, it, it hurts you more than it'll ever it'll hurt you more than it will ever hurt them for not forgiving them so wow give forget move on work on yourself just it does not phase me it just i've I've learned it doesn't work to to hold it because of the things i've went through so 
The other thing it does, it teaches me much respect for young children because where we come from, Warren would probably agree, us children really got hit hard from the teenage boys. And I mean, it's just, if we got, here's a crazy story, but if we got too close to the teenage boys on Sundays, they would pull our pants off and throw it out in the woods. We had to go find it. I could, I could share a lot more things, but I want to keep it, you know, where it's next episode. Yeah. 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 But anyways, but yeah, yeah. Advised, listener discretion will be. Yeah. 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 One, I remember a couple well, there was a few times. I remember one time I got too close to youth group and they yanked my pants off and I was running around in my underwear trying to find them. But I got too close to their, you know, pretty private group, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just, when I see, young people children all together playing it just brings happiness because i know how it is to not being able to and that's why i if i have a 15 year old kid in church that would ask me to go golfing with him heck i'll go no problem let's go have a good time because i know how it is not to be able to have a good time with people like that and that's why some of my best friends are 60 years old 50 years old Age does not matter to me. I will. I love hanging out with people that are much higher in life and uh, are much more successful. And I like to learn from them. So. Wow, that's awesome. That was. Uh, this is that was, good. Yeah, really powerful to come out of that and learn. You know, one to just break that chain with your own kids. You know, and just to be an amazing dad and and father and, and make sure that that never happens in your family again. Um, and then the forgiveness. Wow. That's, you know, to be able to learn forgiveness out of something like that is just incredible. Um, so that's, that's great. Um, man, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just kind of at a loss for words right now. <laughs> Not good for a podcast, right? <laughs> This has been good. Wow. This is great. I'm yeah. sorry if I talk a little too much and take the words out of your. No, this was, this was amazing. I mean, this was what, man, this is why I was excited for this because I knew this was going to get good. So, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I thank thank you. you guys for having me because I love, like I said, I love sharing my story and I love trying to help other people. So what you guys are doing has always been a dream of mine. And when my wife heard you guys ask me to do an episode, she's like, doesn't matter how busy you are, just make time to do it. That's something you've always taught. <laughs> she's like, gotta do it. She said, we know you have a lot more to say. I said, okay, well, well I didn't even have any notes. The only, the only note I had wrote down was that first quote I sent, I phoned in my note and then I had a, couple of my ages things i was a couple of those things might not be right to the year but got mm -hmm. it close <laughs> why don't you share that quote again one more time that was so good that was yeah. that's like this episode wrapped up right there that's 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 it i had wrote down this quote you could probably find it on google or something but i wrote it down a few years ago i would say right around when i start coming to conklin meetings is i wrote down don't let your past define you, destroy you, or defeat you. Let it strengthen you and grow you. Hmm. So, 
I'm not right. sure who wrote that, but that meant so much to me when I came across that because I used to think, you know, the past will not let me ever get too far. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody on Facebook just lately shared something. Maybe, Warren, you know who it was. It said something about if you keep sharing your past or your darkness, eventually it gets lighter. Hmm. I yeah, I saw that. I heard something. That's one good. of the Livesays maybe shared something. I thought I seen it from uh, uh, one of them shared on Facebook, and I sure thought it said something like that. I was in a in a hurry or something, and I didn't read it all. But I thought that's so powerful. The more you share your darkness, the lighter it gets, or the lighter the load maybe mm. gets. Some reason mm-hmm. I think it was maybe Rod or Kayla. Maybe it was Karen. I don't know if you can see it, Warren, but I I'll think... have to look it up. Yep. Okay. But yeah, I just, it reminded me, and that's how it is for me because my wife and I were telling, she said, So you, will you be able to share your story without getting emotional? I'd say, I think so. I said, I think I made it through that point now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. Nothing wrong with a little emotion, though. Yep. That's right. Yep. Wow. Well, man, thank you, Chris, for. For sharing that was i mean yeah that's that's such a just amazing story you know again just the the power and the redemption of you know being able to walk through the darkness and yet come out the other side and um and do everything you've done and overcome overcome those chains and shake them off and you know become who you are and what you are today is and i think back to what you said in the first episode um about how amazed you are now you you told a story about just sitting out back with your wife and looking at the life you have now and your family and mm-hmm. and just being amazed at how far you've been able to come um right. and that i think that makes a whole lot more sense in this light that it's that's really cool what you've been able to accomplish so <clears throat> yeah we i bet you probably once a week if you'd ask my wife i'll be sitting out on the patio and I'll just be like, man, I just cannot believe. I'm like, if you'd ask me at 21 years old where I'll be at 31 and 32, I just said, you do not know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I just sit back and be like, I just can't believe we're here. Like I, I always tell her, this seems like a dream. I say, I can't believe we are at this point. It's crazy. It don't, to me, it don't seem real. And Warren brought that picture up behind me of Charles and I sit in that private jet. And I will tell you, it all started with sharing my story right there. Mm-hmm. That's where it started by just being you and sharing your story sometimes brings people into your life you've never thought of. And I never, never thought of I would ever get a chance to do that. And it was just, Charles was very, very touched by my story. And he just, our friendship grew so much from there. And he just having him call me up, he was the first guy to call me on my birthday, Warren. Mm-hmm. And he just telling me that he cares for me, that he loves me, and that he just let him know if I need a healthy hand. He'll never know what that means to me mm-hmm. because coming from a guy that never had a lot of friends, you know, and stuff. So it just it means a lot to have friends like Warren, you and Nick. Guys that I can trust, talk to anytime I want. So it's just, yep. I guess, being there for each other is just really important, you know. So, yeah. 
Wow. This has been a little different episode, but I think probably one of the key, most important things we have ever talked about is letting your past grow you, being honest with mm-hmm. your past and, and letting it grow you. That's that's a huge challenge. And I don't think it's just a one and done. I think, you know, as we grow, things will come up from our past. Maybe it maybe it's sign up. You know, we have a weakness somewhere in our life and, and it's because of something that happened in our past. If we're willing to deal with it, you know, that'll become a strength. And so, yeah. This is this is the redemption story that Chris has talked about. And this is mm-hmm. really cool. So, yeah, yeah. One yeah, more, one more thing, if you guys don't mind me sharing. So, I've had a couple accidents in my life that I always wondered what they meant. Very, very different accidents. One was, I was uh, six years old and I fell twenty feet off of the silo and I pumped, I poked a hole in my head. What? And my dad could actually see in my head. What? And then the other thing is, uh, at the age of 12, I was running wide open through a dairy barn with nobody in it, no cattle in it, and a steel post under a beam fell out with nobody in it and hit me square over the head, knocked me right out. What? And I always told God, you know, what does this mean? And then when I was 16 years old, I was outside with a steel handle bucket and lightning hit the bucket and knocked me out on the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had some really crazy accidents. And I believe when the lightning thing happened and I came came to my senses when I was knocked out, nobody was with me. My mom and dad think I laid there roughly 20, 30 minutes. Wow. Uh, that told me that God has something in my life that he wants me to fulfill. So them are just a few accidents uh, I went through that I made through. But yeah, the, it's crazy. But I've learned as a kid that there is, I have a walk, I have a path God wants me to walk. And I believe we are doing it. Uh, I believe we're on that path. Uh, we're helping as many people as we can mm-hmm. I feel my wife and I feel like our calling is to help as many young people as we can encourage them. I don't care. Is it financially, physically, just being there for them, sharing my story, helping them out, whatever, just encourage other people along the way to keep going. But yeah, I've had some crazy, crazy accident deal. The lightning thing I'll never forget. I thought the hit I took, I remember the shock wave going through my body. I actually thought I died, but wow. I guess I didn't. But it was, <laughs> it went, so I was had the bucket in the right hand. It hit the bucket, so I remember the feeling going up my arm. And when it got to my shoulder, I don't remember. It, like, took me out. Wow. So wow. that's where, yeah, it took me, took me right out like cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> wow god's definitely got a big plan for you man yep and then and one interesting that your your mission your calling is fulfilling what you never had as a kid for somebody mm. pouring into you and being there somebody besides your parents of course yep. you know having that outside person your calling is now to fill that absence in somebody else's life that you were looking for that is really really cool mm-hmm. i love that can you can you share as long you know that's a great transition into how do people get a hold of you especially if there's someone who's going through it right now and just needs that help or encouragement or wants to learn more about your story how can people get in touch with you 
Okay, so probably the easiest way to get a hold of me would be just my cell phone, 715-418-3025. They can text me, call me. Uh, even if you don't know me, feel free to give me a call. I'll uh, do mm -hmm. my best to help you, listen to you, whatever. Um, or you can uh, even shoot me an email at chris at kieenterprises.com. So be glad to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, reach out to Chris if you're in it or just need some encouragement or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or you want to hear more wild stories. Yeah. <laughs> There's, <many. laughs> There's yeah. a lot more of them. <laughs> Ask him to share the story when you call him about <clears throat> skid loader door and pulling a horse out of the barn. He'll, he'll explain it. <laughs> we don't yeah. have time for it today, but that's a good right. story. Well, uh, I'll, I'll make a note of that. We'll get to that one next time we have him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least four more, Nick, so write them down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll keep having you on as long as you got stories to tell. Okay. <laughs> this is great. Oh, um, man. This was absolutely yeah. amazing. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Um, what a, man, what a story and, and uh, what a testimony. And uh, that's great. Um, Hey, thank you for uh, tuning in, guys, and, and listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners who are um, following us and, and listening. So thank you so much. Uh, as usual, if you're not uh, subscribed or if you don't follow this podcast, please go ahead and, and click that button to follow or subscribe, depending on where you're at, and uh, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. You know what? Reach out. Send, send your thoughts. I always link my email, nick at nsjdigital in the uh, notes. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any comments or suggestions or anything, um, we love to hear from you. Uh, with that being said, I think that is all. So for now, man, what a story about going vertical. Chris mm. told us, I mean, this his is whole it. life has just been going vertical. So uh, take some inspiration from this uh, going through this, this week and uh, let him challenge you. Let him let that story grow you. And, uh, and uh, let's get a little vertical this week. Don't get stuck on the just being horizontal. You yep. got to go vertical. You got to go up. You can't get stuck doing the same thing, being at the same level. Yeah. Do it. Let your let your past grow you. Let your past make you go vertical. You bet. That's right. I like it. All right. See you guys. Right. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Nick. This was fun. Thanks for having me, guys.